filled with the sounds of pounding drums, ethereal harps, and of course the phenomenal vocals of Florence Welsh. The debut album of Florence and the Machine was a fresh new sound on the airwaves in 2009. The album almost immediately hit number one on the UK charts and received a lot of notice in the United States as well. The first single alone, titled Kiss with a Fist, found its way into several film soundtracks such as Wild Child and Jennifer's Body, as well as several television series such as Community and Saving Grace. Several of the album's other singles also saw extensive use in soundtracks for other media. All this, along with receiving generally positive reviews from critics, allowed the album to eventually be certified platinum. Overall, it was not a bad start for the band, which has gone on to release three other albums since. This week, we're talking about Florence and the Machine album, Lungs. Welcome back to Any Album You Like, the podcast where I repeatedly subject myself to watching The Wizard of Oz, synced up to different albums provided by my guest. I'm your host, Ben Mooney, and on today's episode, we have Elizabeth Nordenhold from Your Favors Problematic, and I hope I said your name correctly. Nordenholt with a T, but you're with a close. T. Yeah, you're right. close. It's okay. Almost got it. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, I'm excited to to have you on. I'm a big fan of your podcast, um, as I'm sure you are aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like one of our first fans, actually, I think, because you got in like real early, I think, like around the because I know the first one you listened to was the Frasier episode, which yep. was episode five. Yep. Uh, you got in early. <laughs> Man, all you got to do is talk about Frasier and I'm in. <laughs> you and I have that in common, so... <laughs> And uh, the album that you selected for this week's episode is Florence and the Machines' album Lungs. So tell me a little bit about why you picked this album to do. Uh, okay, sure. So Florence and the Machine is just one of my all-time favorite artists. I think their work is really interesting and innovative. Um, Florence Welch's vocals are bananas. Uh, Phenomenal. She, like, she is such a a gifted, talented singer. Uh, I just like, it's insane to me. And like their sound is really unique and interesting. Um, and I like all of their albums a lot. I picked lungs partially cause I know it's one of your favorite albums in general. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I was like, Oh cool. Let's uh, pander to the host of this podcast <laughs> a little bit. Let's do that. So part that was part of the reason, but also I felt like there was more variety in lungs from track to track than some of the later albums. Uh, they were still kind of, I think finding their sound. So like you okay, have yeah. some tracks like kick with kiss with a fist that are really like upbeat and positive. And then you have like these really ethereal songs like cosmic love or dog days are over. So it, I was like, this seems like there'll be more variety, which will maybe make this whole experience a little weirder. Uh, I, I, it was weird. So (laughs) mission accomplished. I I think you, you got that one. Um, it was super weird, but yeah, you're right. Uh, this, I mean, I, I like Florence and the machine in general, but 
Cosmic Love, hands down, is one of my favorite songs of all time. Like, oh, easily top three for me. Absolutely. Um, it's it's my ringtone on my phone, in fact. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's that's good. I approve of that. Um, and so, yeah, like, I, I, I do appreciate their other albums, too. But uh, Ceremonials is also really good. But, yeah, Lungs is sort of the one I always keep coming back to. I think mostly because of Cosmic Love, which, again, I mean, it's just... Even when I was watching to the Wizard of Oz, like I got sort of those chills when you listen to just a really good track. Yeah, it's, like it uh, happens to me every time. It's just so beautiful. There's this wonderful like live acoustic version that I saw of it on YouTube, and it's so beautiful. And I like watched it. I was like, not engaged, not planning to get married anytime soon. Might walk down to the aisle to this song, and I literally have it saved <laughs> for whenever I have to make this decision. <laughs> Whenever that may be, I was like, oh, I might walk down the aisle to the song because it's so goddamn beautiful. <laughs> That's pretty legit. Um, okay, I'll have to check that out. I've never actually seen the the uh, acoustic. I will dig um, it up and send you the link. Remind me after we finish recording. <laughs> perfect. And so the other thing I've been asking everybody is what did you expect to get out of uh, watching The Wizard of Oz synced up to this specific album? I don't even know what I expected, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, I think you told me about this project. I was like, sure, sounds weird. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, but interesting. I had never watched it because the the album that, you know, it started, it was the Pink Floyd album, right? Uh, right and yeah. I had never uh, watched that before. It was always like this thing I had heard about. I was like, all right, whatever, I'm whatever. Uh, but I don't know what I expected. I... I was a stage manager for a long time and I called musicals. So I think I really wanted a lot of stuff to musically line up in a like pleasing, satisfying way, which it did and also didn't. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, I just want to see what this is like and talk about it with Ben <laughs> and ex like play in the space, as the kids say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's good to go in with not a lot of expectation because a couple of guests I've had on or like I was really hoping that this would line up and like if this specific moment lined up when like the witch melts or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, wow, that was 20 minutes off. Cool. Yeah, it was. F I don't know if you found that. Well, we can talk about what we get into, but there were like a lot of moments. I felt like I should have started the album like. 25 seconds earlier than you know you're supposed to because yes. there's a lot of stuff it's like oh man that almost synced off but it was off like by like just 20 seconds or something like it just was a little late and I was like oh I should just like you just gotta like move it all forward a little bit I feel like right I I feel like and I guess we we can start getting into it but I feel like in general sort of the overarching theme of this specific album was like there are so many good themes that really line up with the wizard of oz she sings a lot about hearts she sings a lot about minds she there's even she's talking about having the courage of a lion yeah and rabbit heart <laughs> like there are so many specific wizard of oz themes that are just like oh cool you really missed that uh by sometimes yeah 25 seconds sometimes by like four songs and I really kind of wanted it to sync up with those themes a little bit more. And it just didn't seem to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it definitely, I think, too, like, Florence the Machine, like, her music has such a different tone 
to the Wizard of Oz and the music in the Wizard of Oz and just like the feel of it that I was like, this is an interesting scoring to this particular <laughs> scene. It doesn't really make sense. It, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like if you remade the Wizard of Oz in 2018... Um, with you know the the faster scene transitions and and uh, or just faster cuts, you know a little bit more action oriented, like we're maybe a little, little bit more accustomed to in 2018. This actually would have been a really great album to use, but comparing it to that 1939 sort of slow editing style, yeah. <laughs> this this above all other albums I've done up to this point, and this is number six for me. Um, <laughs> Uh, are you ever going to watch The Wizard of Oz when you're done with this project? <laughs> That's my real question for you, Ben. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I expected by episode three to just be like, fuck The Wizard of Oz, man. I can't do this anymore. Every time I watch it, I notice a little bit more detail. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. They put tons of detail into this thing. This is actually really good. Um like th- this was the first time I ever noticed that the Tin Man is holding a giant pipe wrench when they go to uh, the forest outside the witch's castle. Oh, really? I'm like, what the what the fuck? I've, oh, the I've watched this so many times gun. now. The scarecrow right? has a he gun. Has a Did you know that? I was like, holy shit! Why does the scarecrow have a gun? <laughs> I was so like taken aback. They're in like fucking medieval fantasy like land with munchkins and witches, and the scarecrow's just like, let's go get the witch. What do I need to bring? My Glock. I was like, what? <laughs> insane <laughs> I, I also kind of want to know where he gets the gun from right? like because was he no... just always packing like <laughs> that's that's actually how he keeps his crows out of the field he just shoots them all down he's like up there he's just like ah, i see you crow bang bang just shoots him out of the air <laughs> <laughs> that explains quite a bit about his character in general he, i mean he doesn't have a brain and i mm, i well okay never mind i was gonna <laughs> I thought there was a joke there, and I there's not. Uh. I'm I'm sure you could dig something up <laughs> yeah. out of that, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've I've actually just been noticing more and more little details, and I'm like, oh shit, they did a really good job. Like six times in, I'm still <laughs> noticing new stuff. You're gonna be and the so, the foremost expert on the Wizard of Oz when you're done with this. I mean, it's <laughs> that it's a weird way to go about it, but. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, so I I was expecting that by now I'd be like, oh fuck this movie. Um, it's it's this I think is the playthrough where I'm like, okay, why did I sign up for this? <laughs> Which I I mean I think it's good because this this first season of this is going to be ten episodes, and originally I was only going to do six, so I'm kind of glad I pushed that out. Just because, like, I want to see how deep this uh, how, how hatred or insanity or whatever goes. <laughs> How deep the wormhole goes, or the rabbit hole? Exactly. I don't know. There's no, 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 whatever. It's all, it's all holes. It's fine. <laughs> um, it's all holes. That's not a thing I'm happy with saying. Never. Okay. Memo to self. Edit that out. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I think just overall, uh, if if you just trimmed down the movie with a more uh, 2018 sort of editing style, 
I think this really could have been good, but just so many, so many of her songs are just really high energy, pounding drums. She has very strong like bass lines and stuff in it. Like yeah. there's always very heavy beats to all of her music. Right. And it just doesn't line up with how much is just like, oh, we're standing around and talking at each other. Yeah. Or they're just like, or like all the, like the musical numbers too in The Wizard of Oz are so like frolicky and like la 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 la. And you know, everyone's like skipping around. And uh-huh. uh, I did appreciate that sometimes they are in fact skipping to the beat though. Like that was very fun for me. Yes. Um, but like, you know, like it's just a total different tone and mood and you're like this is this is weird i'm having like cognitive dissonance over here i don't know what to make of this (laughs) yeah i mean i think like i said i think that was kind of the the theme throughout it was just nothing quite matched up enough and i and i feel like that was sort of the whole movie um with the exception of the tornado scene yeah that one was good so I've I've been working on this theory this whole time, six episodes in, and it still holds true. The tornado scene is always good. Okay. 100% of the time. Okay, and sure. I'm waiting for the time it doesn't work. And I was a little bit nervous after the first couple of tracks, but it comes in right on Kiss with a Fist. Yes. And <laughs> everything going to shit with this really upbeat, like, but really energetic track. I'm like, this actually kind of fucking works again. Yeah, it was super interesting. I kind of, I, I kind of wish Hurricane Drunk was playing during the tornado just because, like, weather. Like, that was kind of what I wanted. But I was like, no, Kiss with a Fist works because it's like, <laughs> it's such an upbeat, happy song. Uh, but it's about, like, really intense violence. <laughs> Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I'll buy this. I'll buy this for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I was I was thrilled with it. Like I said, I'm just going to be so upset when the tornado scene doesn't work. And I I said this last week, but I think my my next big one I'm worried about is when I do Backstreet Boys. I don't know <laughs> if the tornado scene's going to work with that. You never know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm not even sure what's on that album around that time. But I'm excited to hear about that one. (laughs) You know, I love me some Backstreet Boys. I'm a child of the 90s. But yeah, let's let's get back into Florence and the Machine. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I I took a decent amount of notes, but there wasn't a whole lot I very specifically like noticed and called out as like, Oh yeah, that works perfectly. Sure. Yeah. A lot of mine were very like near misses. I, I mean like just like at the top of my notes, I did appreciate that the first track on the album is dog days are over. And that's a weird way to start this movie. Let me tell you, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, huh, this is a totally different mood and I'm not, <laughs> I mean, it's good. I like it. Uh, but it just starts the movie in a very different place when you're like, got that kind of like high pitch, like, you know, way the song starts, which is very like ethereal, but like uplifting. And you're like, "Mm, is this what we want? It it was, it was super weird, but I kind of dug it actually. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I did have that, um, uh, there's a perfect transition for when it, it goes from the opening credits to the first shot of Dorothy. Yeah, it goes right into the second verse, which is like such a big transition in the song because it's where she like goes up and hits. The, I'm not going to try to hit those high notes because I'm not that good of a singer. <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, it's like because there's this like dead silent moment and it's just she just comes in and like this ethereal thing. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's a nice right? introduction for Dorothy. I'm into it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I did not have much else. I had a few, but I have to work my way through my notes. I also have a lot of, like, shit post notes just about the movie in general. <laughs> like, things like, why are they so scared about pigs? I don't understand that. When Dorothy falls into, like, the pig pen, everyone's like, oh, God, save her. Like, she fell into, like, a pit of bears or something. I'm like, they're pigs, guys. Like, her dress is going to get a little dirty, but, like, she's going to be fine. Uh, yeah, I imagine. <laughs> so. I mean, I don't know specifically how dangerous pigs specifically are, but. Yeah, but people keep them as pets. <laughs> it's true. Like, but I guess that doesn't necessarily mean anything. People keep a lot of things as pets that will literally kill you. So what do I know? Well, I'm I'm interested, honestly, I'm interested in any sort of shit posting you have about this movie as Good. I descend further into just Excellent. <laughs> madness. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, okay, I'm just gonna start like skimming my way through my notes. My notes too, I only figured out how to like adequately take notes for this project like halfway through. So the first <laughs> half of the movie is just me being like, what? And then I finally figured out how to structure them. Um I oh I did like that I'm not calling you a liar comes on when Mrs. Goltz shows up. Because, like, Uh that's the whole thing is she's like, Toto bit me. And Dorothy's like, no, like, he didn't. And, like, you know, there's, like, accusations of lying. And the whole song is, it's called I'm Not Calling You a Liar. I was like, all right, sure, that tracks. Like, I'll (laughs) I'll buy into it for a dollar. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, I also, Dorothy, you big dummy. Why are you going into a house during a tornado? That's not where you go. I'm, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm from Texas. I went to college in Oklahoma. I lived the first 22 years of my life in tornado country. Mm-hmm. So like anytime tornadoes are misrepresented in media, I get kind of <laughs> riled up. Like the tornado episode of Desperate Housewives is is wholly incorrect <laughs> it's entirely wrong they're like buying like bottles of water at the store and like boarding up their windows like the tornado's coming i'm like no that's not how it works when a tornado comes you hope you have enough time to get into your bathtub and put a mattress over you and then you pray it just skips your house when it destroys the rest of the block like that's how tornadoes work <laughs> And so I was like, Dorothy, you live in Kansas. Like, why are you going into, and to her credit, she does try to like get into the storm cellar and it's locked. But then she goes back. I I was just like, girl, I don't know what you're doing. Like make a beeline for the cellar. Like worst case scenario, go find a ditch and lay in it. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. She literally goes and stands in front of a Uh, glass window. window. (laughs) That's the last place you want to be. I was like, (laughs) Dorothy, what are you doing? (laughs) Like go get in a closet or something. Come on, (laughs) get all your winter blankets and put them over you i don't know maybe they didn't have like tornado drills in the 1930s they probably didn't the 1930s were a shit show whatever (laughs) yeah i don't i mean i don't know that any history of tornado preparedness in kansas in 1939 but i have to assume it was better than what she had (laughs) right i don't know she seems like she lives in a pretty rural place maybe it's just kind of like well pray it's Kansas. They're probably like, just pray. Pray about yeah, it. Yeah, no, you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> she doesn't even do that, though. She goes and stands in front of a fucking window. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, Dorothy is a bad decision maker. I'm, I'm calling it here. She makes bad choices. Uh, and that's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, what do I can't? I wish I could read my my handwriting. Yeah, there's a reason I take all my notes on a computer, because if I was writing this fast, I'd be like, Dorothy smells 
blue? <laughs> what does that even fucking mean? Right? Oh, I, I now I understand what this says. There's this really nice build in the song "Girl with One Eye," just as Dorothy is stepping into Mon- or the into Oz, and like we go from the sepia to the color. Like it's right at like this really nice crescendo at the end of "Girl with One Eye." I was like, "Whoa, this is cool!" Like I'm super into like what's happening here, because <laughs> um, like. Florence and the Machines music almost to a song have these really nice builds at the end where it gets really yes. dramatic, which is a thing I love about her. Yeah, me too, actually. Well, it's funny because um, total, ta- I don't know, total tangent. You told me I could talk about whatever I wanted. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> total Go tangent, for it. Though, but like, I, so I, I'm, I'm an aerialist, right? Like I do aerial silks and hoop and that kind of stuff. So like my studio does student showcases and like I have a playlist of just like aerial songs that I'm like, these would all make for good routines that I'll just kind of like go through and just like the number of Florence and the machine songs <laughs> on that because they all have really like intense, strong beats. And then they have these great crescendos at the end where I'm like, yeah, this is where you like climb all the way to the top of the fabric and like wrap up for a crazy drop. And then like, you know, like f- do a big drop and f- like fall all the way to the floor while you're wrapped in fabric. It's dramatic. And everyone goes, Ooh, ah. So like, and girl with one eye is actually a song that's on my playlist. Like I would really love to do a routine <laughs> to it at some point. Uh, Cause there's just this beautiful, crescendo at the end and just as like Dorothy was stepping into color it was just like building I was like oh yeah this is great I'm so into this (laughs) yeah no that's that's the thing I've always really enjoyed about Florence and the Machine because like I I love that idea of sort of just layering back on top of the same song to make it bigger and louder and and grander and I literally one day posted on I think Twitter where I was just like Hey, I'm looking for songs that do exactly this because I love I love that sort of crescendo where it just builds and builds and builds throughout the whole song. And my list is basically um, there's the the song "Sun" by Sleeping at Last and the song "The Crane Wife Three by The Decemberists, and then basically every other Florence and the Machine song. <laughs> and that's all I've got in that genre, that sort of uh, general feel. Yeah. And I'm like, I want more like this. It can't just be Florence and the Machine, you guys. I need other stuff. Yeah. I mean, no, I hear I'm you. also okay if it's just Florence and the Machine, though, because <laughs> she's really good. Oh, she's got a new album coming out soon. So we'll we'll see how that one is. I'm excited for it. I, d- I didn't know she had a new one coming out. That's pretty I, exciting. I saw it because I got on iTunes in the iTunes store and they were like advertising it. And then uh, James sent it to the chat. He was like, Ben and Liz, like, here's a new Florence song. Which oh, I, actually, I missed that. I, 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 I actually I... haven't listened to it. James was so sweet to be like, <laughs> here you go, guys. I know you like this. Like, he was so sweet to do it. But I think I was like working. I was like, I'll listen to this later. And then I never did because I'm a garbage person. Um, so, you I know. I mean, we're, we're also too busy talking about serial killers and whatever so i was gonna say about if we don't talk about the golden state killer how how can we tie the golden state killer back to the wizard of oz and florence and the machine in this episode is like Hmm. my question to you that's that's tough i i have listened to i forget which album it was uh i think it was they might be giants where i had a whole scene I, I had a whole theory about how the scarecrow was a serial killer. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> didn't didn't really get that with Florence and the Machine though. Yeah. I didn't either. You know, I got some like weird like so my next two notes say Munchkin's coming out near the end of drumming song is sort of creepy. And yes. then the next 
note says ding dong the witch is dead with between two lungs sure is weird there was a lot of uh-huh. like cognitive dissonance but nothing that made me go like this bitch is a serial killer do you know what I mean <laughs> like right. we're just like huh this is strange because like well again like ding dong the witch is dead is like this like super happy like yay like the wicked witch is dead it's awful and between two lungs is again like this like kind of like light ethereal like with a heavy bass line but like otherwise very like light song right. and it's got a totally different mood <laughs> from ding dong the witch is dead i was like hmm <laughs> This is weird. I don't right. Like I, I feel again. I feel like that's even the the tone is sort of like that all throughout. Where it's like there are some very upbeat and driving songs, and there are some really moody sort of ethereal songs. And it was like they were always in exactly the wrong place. Yeah, no, they were. You're right. <laughs> so you get these like really like upbeat and happy songs, and it's like, oh, this is this is some mood right here. All right cool yeah oh now now they're going to the the in this dark forest with their guns and pipe wrenches <laughs> and it's like god what was even playing there like i, I think uh, it was hold on i could tell you i just have to skip forward in my notes um i mean they actually went they did that with uh to girl with one eye which kind of worked oh, but then it okay, goes yeah. into drumming song and you're like and mm, okay <laughs> like okay well there goes that mood um, <laughs> yeah, that's right like okay that's that's a thing that's fine. Yeah, yeah. My note, my note. WTF? The scarecrow has a gun. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that for the first time on episode one, and so, and then in in a couple of ep- other episodes uh, later, I realized that the lion has a big mallet that says like "witch killer" on it or something. <laughs> That's and wonderful. I'm like, how have I literally never noticed they all show up with literal weapons? Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, what were my notes on that scene? It was pretty. Yeah, let me see. Girl with one eye. Good music to underscore plot development. Spoopy song going to the witch. And I specifically wrote spoopy with a P. I, instead I of appreciate a K. that. I was like, this isn't spooky. It's spoopy. Um, and then WTF <laughs> Scarecrow has a gun. Those, those were my notes for that song uh, and that scene. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is this is something else, I guess. I had a note. Where did it go? I have a lot of shit post notes, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why do all the munchkins have weird little flower stems on their shoes? I had never noticed that. Like, they're all, like, coming out. And they've got, like, it's not just like they have flowers on the ends of their shoes. They have, like, a stem that goes yeah, up to, like, their like, knee. And yeah. then there's a flower. I'm like, seems inconvenient that's a that's a choice and i don't understand it <laughs> that's like ultimate theater shade like that's a choice and yes it's a choice you're correct about that the lollipop guild was a hundred percent tap dancing in time with the music i they think. always are they always, always seem to do that yeah interesting it's uh, it I don't know what it, I mean, to be fair, anything about that tempo in four, four time is going to work, but I mean, even with like uh, David Bowie, it it worked pretty well. Like, you know, you just get the weirdest fucking shit in there and it's it always seems to work and I don't understand it. Yeah, I took terrible notes and I don't know what the song was. I think it was still Between Two Lungs. It might have been something else, though. It's whatever is before Cosmic Love on the album, which if I had been. 
Yes, between two lungs. Okay, I was like, if I had been a smart person, I would have written this down. But <laughs> my, my note is literally in all caps. Fuck the lollipop guild. What is this? This is weird. And, yeah, it's the thing. It's like super weird because like the tone of the song doesn't make any sense with like what they're doing, but like it still lines up, and you're like, mm, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Sure, sure, sure. I'm into it. Also, I, I will say, in as much as I have been watching this over and over again, I always feel uncomfortable with both the Lullaby League and the Lollipop Guild, where I'm just like, I feel so weird about everything going on here. No, the Lollipop it's Guild weird. looks so fucking grumpy and <laughs> just doing their little weird like line dancing and I don't. I don't get it. It weirds me out every time. It's a little strange. It's a little strange. Like, I also like this movie was made at a time where they were like, let's just exploit people with dwarfism and like cast all of them to be munchkins. And like in 2018, you're like, I can't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like in, you know, whenever this movie was made, like that was totally kosher. And you're just like, mm, yeah, sure. This is this is of course, there were a lot of other like things in this movie that were like real shitty, like um the the uh, makeup on the Tin Man like made him super sick. Like he had really terrible allergic reactions right. to it. And then maybe I I don't know what you've talked about in other episodes. So this might all like <laughs> people who are listening. To this might be like I've heard this four times already, Liz. Like, no, stop we haven't. Talking. We haven't actually talked about uh, the Tin Man's uh, makeup allergy. Where like he literally had to be replaced with a different actor. Yeah, it was because really bad. He was just super allergic to whatever was in the the makeup for the Tin Man. I think costume. there was like lead in it or something. <laughs> Like Probably. to be real, uh, well, and the uh, the gal who played the Wicked Witch got like really severely burned when she does that thing where she like disappears in like the puff uh -huh. of fire. Like she like got hurt <laughs> in a not good way because uh, it was like not a safe stunt, basically. Because this was like the 1930s when you could do whatever you wanted with actors, and there was no union or whatever to protect right. you, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, if I mean, if you ever just sit down and look at everything in the production of The Wizard of Oz, it's like, oh, holy shit, what was even going on in Hollywood in 1939? Because, I mean, yeah, you're right. You've got the whole munchkin thing. You've got unsafe makeup. You've got unsafe stunts. They were literally filming in like 100 plus degree studios. Yeah. Because because the Technicolor process, you had to use like a prism to split the the uh, the light, and so it reduced the amount of light that came through. So it was fucking ridiculously hot studio lights, and just you know on and on and on, where it's just so fucking awful. Yeah, and man, it's so well. I so I I live in Los Angeles, and I worked tangential to the industry for like my first five years here. So it's interesting. Because obviously, like, there are unions now that have, like, protections for that kind of stuff. Uh, but, like, it's interesting. It's one of those things, like, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like, I've talked to people who are like, yeah, no, in the 80s, like, if you weren't doing, like, lines of cocaine on your breaks, like, you you were not cool and you would not work. Like, it was Jesus. literally, like, an expectation that, like, if you didn't do a bump, well, that's why they call it, like, a pay bump, because you would do a bump of cocaine. Jeez. Like, that's, like, an actual thing <laughs> from, like, the film industry in Los Angeles. So, like, but, but I mean, like, even if you look at, like, old movies, a lot, like, oh, God, there's that really famous 
scene from a black and white film where the barn, the front of the barn falls down and the guy is like standing where the like window is and it falls around him. Like everyone's uh-huh. seen that clip. They, like uh, they just actually just dropped a barn and we're like, hope you're standing in the right spot, my dude. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I think it's singing in the rain. Uh, the song make him laugh. Like they did so many takes of it. I can't remember the name of the actor who does that song, but he like, legitimately like injured himself really badly and was so exhausted by the end of shooting that scene that like he had to take like I think like a week off of production I don't remember I could be talking out of my ass I just know like it was a brutal (laughs) scene to shoot uh and that would have been like I think Singing in the Rain would have been a little bit after Wizard of Oz, but like kind of contemporary. So like the the practices in Hollywood were not excellent at the time, <laughs> let us just say. Should, should we talk more about Florence and the Machine and the Wizard of Oz, though? Should we talk more I mean, about that? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm cool with pretty much whatever. Like I said, there wasn't there was not a ton of stuff to sync up so you know really whatever we want to talk about is fine yeah i i will say that i don't think i ever realized and and it should also be pointed out we watched to the uh itunes special edition which has the songs swimming and heavy in your arms at the end of it uh which were actually both new songs to me i i have just the Oh, you hadn't normal. heard them before? No, I had literally never oh, heard them no. before. no. They're two of my favorite of her songs, too. Like, I love those songs so much. <laughs> Listening to Swimming made me specifically, uh, through the first time, and then sort of through the second playthrough of that album, I was like, man, Florence sings a lot about drowning she an sure does <laughs> well because um, on ceremonials she has both what the water gave me and uh-huh. um oh uh fuck what's the other one they're both about sylvia plath drowning herself though um because oh, what the water really? gave me yeah because there's what the water gave me because they talk about like pockets full of stones and that's how sylvia was it sylvia plath um, I, I, you could, I, I believe it. I don't know. I think it was because there are two like female poets, the same one killed herself by putting her head in the oven and the other filled her pockets with stones and walked into a lake. Um, Jesus. I think it's Sylvia Plath. I'm going to Google this real quick. Um, but she has that one. And then there's the other one. Um, never let me go, which is also about drowning yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're just like, Oh, cool, cool, cool. This is great. Hold on. Let me see. How did Sylvia Plath die? Oh no. She's the one I think who put her head in the oven. Yeah. God, who's the one who drowned herself? <laughs> Google female poet drowned herself. That's in your Google search history forever now, so. Yeah. Virginia Woolf. Virginia Woolf is the one. Okay. Virginia okay. Woolf. Okay. Uh, ironically, like, as I was typing it in, it auto-filled to f- female poet drowned herself. Like, I had to just write, like, female poet D, and they're like, drowned herself? Is that what you mean? I was like, yeah, actually, that is what I mean, Google. Sometimes Google's a little too scary. Um but yeah, they're both about they're both songs about how she killed herself because she filled her pockets full of stones and walked into a large body of water and drowned. And uh, both those songs on that album are. But yeah, like swimming is very like not explicitly uh-huh. about drowning, but there's a pretty heavy water motif there. Right. I mean, it's it's sort of it's sort of it, the metaphor of sort of like drowning in like alcoholism. Yeah. I guess. And but I'm just like, God, she sings a lot about drowning and just being in water. And 
I never really noticed that until I heard swimming for the first time. And I'm like, it's another one where she's singing about <laughs> drowning. What is her deal? I'm really wondering what her zodiac sign is. Is she a water sign? I'm trying to find out. <laughs> when is August 28th? Zodiac sign. Sorry, this is turning into Liz Google stuff. Uh, 28th. I want to know if she's a water sign. I don't think she is. She might be a Libra. Oh, she's a Virgo. She is a water sign. I think Virgos are water signs, right? No, I think... Are they I air? Think they're... Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're going to have to Google that one, too. I, I, <laughs> uh, oh, no. She's an earth sign. Interesting. Okay. I assume... She, I was like, she's got to be a water sign. She's always one to, like, walk into the deep end. <laughs> but, no, I, I did actually really enjoy both Swimming and Heavy in Your Arms. They were both actually really good songs. They're but. wonderful songs. I um I danced in the opening number for an aerial competition last fall. And some, but one of the contestants who's like a professional aerialist and super talented did a hoop routine to heavy in your arms. And I was like, ah, oh, yes, this is everything I ever wanted. <laughs> it was just like, so, cause it's just such a powerful song that you're just like, yes, this is, this is excellent. So it's, yeah, it's, it was, it's wonderful. I had a note. I had a lot of notes, but I had a specific <laughs> note. Oh, I did like that Cosmic Love sort of syncs up to when the witch shows up and then it it like builds as Glinda is disappearing and revealing the yellow brick road. Like there's this like yeah. nice like ethereal thing. It's like, here's the yellow brick road. It's like, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. That's like, yeah, like that the, sort the, of the, harp, <laughs> the harp outro on Cosmic Love is going literally as Glinda's like floating off in her little pink bubble. And I was like, oh shit, that's actually really good. Yeah, it was, I was like, this actually makes sense too. Like it doesn't just line up. It also makes sense, right. <laughs> which I think I could say about three <laughs> moments in this whole experience. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, on, on that note, um, or are there any specific big like disappointments that you had in, uh, in doing this specific album to uh, the Wizard of Oz? I'm going through my notes and trying to see because there were definitely a few times where I'm like, oh, man, I wish that had like just started like 20 seconds later or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I am not sure if I wrote down any of those moments, though. Uh, I did write down that the munchkins are dancing and it's in time with the song My Bill My Boy Builds Coffins, which was weird because um, <laughs> it's as like she's leaving. Right. Like it's all happy. They're like, yay, follow the yellow brick road, follow, follow. And it's just like my boy builds coffins like. Uh -huh. And it's kind of a cryptic song. I was like, this is uh, weird. <laughs> and then that one comes back like literally after the witch dies, which is pretty good, too. Yeah, that was a really nice. I was like, OK, sure. Like coffins. She just she just fucking died. I also like that swimming was playing like while she actually melted. I was like, that seems like appropriate. <laughs> yeah, because it starts or no. Hold on. Wait, swimming starts. Right, oh, no. This is the first swimming there. It happens. Swimming happens twice. Right. Um, because I did like that the album almost timed out perfectly with the length of the movie. Like you got through like basically like almost two full listens of it. I think the movie ended halfway through the last track, uh, which I was like, oh, OK, cool. So that was that was nice. Yeah, that that is that's a really rough timing because it hasn't really happened much. And it's it's nice when you get that sort of bookend of like, it, here's where it started. And and, you know, it sort of ends right at that same moment so yeah. you know it was pretty good i was kind of hoping we would get back to at least the beginning of dog days are over like as the credits were playing her out or playing us out and kind of you know right? like, like if that 
That would have if been that came up choice <laughs> right then. So good. That would have been choice. And it, it didn't quite happen. We were still in the middle of heavy in your arms. It's like, well, all right, that's fine. Definitely ending the movie on kind of a, you know, hard note. Cause that's a heavy song and you're just like, yes. ah, so that's a, eh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Oh, oh, I remember heavy in your arms. This is the thing I was hoping. This is one of those moments where I'd almost synced up, but it didn't. So the scene where they're walking into the poppy field, I wanted like the minute we see the poppies, like dog days are over to start. And this is one of those moments where we're like 20 seconds behind. So we had the Uh playoff from heavy in your arms. And then I was like, Oh, but like, it's, it's still sort of worked because the, the end of heavy in your arms is pretty like ethereal and it was okay. But I was like, I really wanted it to just be like, and here's the intro to dog days. Cause it's got just that like happy <laughs> noise. And it's like, but here are flowers <laughs> that will kill you. Uh, and it, it didn't quite sink, but it, uh, it, it sort of worked. I was like, well, this is passable. I can, I can live with this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I think that's sort of just the problem. It was just very close to being good, and then it just wasn't. And, you know, which which is uh, sort of a letdown. And, you know, like I said, this is one of my favorite albums. Although, to be fair, uh, when we did They Might Be Giants, which is one of my favorite bands of all time, <laughs> that also didn't work very well, so... Oh, no! Did you do the album with Little Birdhouse and Your Soul on it, though? That's no, I, we oh. did we did the one um, immediately after that. Okay. Little Birdhouse in Your Soul is literally one of my favorite songs in the world. I have literally <laughs> been in the car with people in the middle of a conversation, and I will, it will just like come on my iPod that's on shuffle, and I'll be like, I need us to pause this conversation for four minutes because I'm going to jam to this, and then we can pick back up where we left off, uh, and I will fucking like crank up the volume and just like scream about... <laughs> After killing Jason off and countless screaming Argonauts, like I'll go all in, and then I'm like, okay, what were we saying? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah no, that's I, how I, I love I love that album. My favorite. So I've I'm I literally have a nightlight that is a blue canary. <gasps> that's so perfect. I love it. Right. It's so good. But my <laughs> my wonderful. favorite my favorite thing about Birdhouse and Your Soul is that I did that at karaoke one time at this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've done it several times, but I was do- I was doing it at this karaoke bar in like downtown Denver. And after I did it, this old dude in like a fucking cowboy hat and cowboy boots comes right up to me and he shakes my hand. He's like, hey, man, I just love that song. You, you really <laughs> nailed it. And I was like, what is going on with my life right now? Like, I did not expect this old ca- old cowboy to be like, fuck, yeah, they might be giants. But I'm like, all right. All right. Cool. Like. I feel Apparently like that's, everybody loves They Might Be Giants. That's the most like Denver story you could have told, <laughs> I feel like. Denver is the perfect mix of like hipsters and cowboys, which as a Texan who now lives in Los Angeles is like a thing I deeply appreciate, <laughs> which is why when I was in Denver a couple years ago, I was like, yeah, this is like my place. Like I'm into this this city uh-huh. uh that's wonderful uh well someday you and i will get to do karaoke and we'll do we'll karaoke little birdhouse in your soul together i guess Fuck yeah i'm into it <laughs> let's do it <laughs> since we've talked about someday karaoke when we're in the same city again um it's fine they're gonna do i'm willing into an existence another pod con and it's gonna happen oh, please yes i'm willing into an existence i'm speaking it and i will it to be so so you know this is it, it will be done <laughs> um 
Yeah, I mean, I hmm, I don't think I really have anything else specific to add about this experience. Um, I feel like that just slightly missed opportunity was kind of the the theme going on. It super was, though, Um, yeah. (laughs) um, I don't think I have any other really great specific matchups. I might have a few. Hold on. I'm going through my notes. Oh, yeah. So dog days are over when they go into the poppies. Once again, going into that second verse of dog days are over synced up really well when uh, Glinda calls the snow to wake them up. Like I was like, hey, that like that that one works there. So like it just synced up really, really nicely. That one's been a good moment for a lot of albums. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and for for everybody who has been following me along on this journey at home. I will say that yet again, if I were king of the forest, absolutely garbage. Garbage! It has been garbage garbage every fucking time. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what's happening here. Like, whatever. What what was even playing during king of the forest? Uh, Um, Oh, drumming song. No, that's a lie. Rabbit heart was Meryl Land of Oz. Oh, king of the forest was I'm not calling you a liar. It didn't make any sense. Right. Like. I was like, well, this is fine. I think I tried to be generous and like the end of the bridge sort of syncs up, but it, it just, it didn't make, I don't know. I was like, yeah. well, no, it, it has fine. been garbage every time. And I just, I want, I don't fucking care what the rest of an album does. I want something to finally fucking sync up with that <laughs> to make that song worth it. It has been garbage since episode one, six episodes in, it is still garbage. <laughs> To be fair, it is maybe my least favorite song and scene in all of the movie as well. Like, in general, I'm just like, I don't care about this. Like, I'm glad that you want to be the king of the forest lion, but can't you just, like, just say it and why does the lion get a whole second fucking song? The scarecrow doesn't get one. That's what's always Tin felt, Man doesn't. That's what's always felt weird to me about it is that no one else gets a song like that, but he does. And I'm like, I don't know why we decided that this character was the character that needed like extra attention. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me. But whatever. I didn't write that movie, so what do I know? Right. And it's <laughs> and it's uh many, many years later, it is fucking up literally every episode of this <laughs> stupid podcast. <laughs> You so thanks need, for that, Wizard yeah. of Oz. We're going to get you a time machine, Ben, so you can just <laughs> go back in time and be like, I need you to do something about this scene because in like, you know, like 90 years, I'm going to make a podcast about this <laughs> and I need you to correct it so that it's not actual trash. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll get like, you a time machine. It's cool. I like how we went on this whole thing about how <laughs> awful conditions were on the set of The Wizard of Oz. Right? And that's the thing I'm going back in time to fix is be like, hey. Get rid of this fucking song. <laughs> That's super true. I didn't think about that. Mm, okay, it's fine. I maybe just added myself as being problematic, but it's cool. Um, come at like at me. It's fine. Whatever. So on that note, let's talk about sort of grading this experience uh, on a scale between one lung to ten lungs. <laughs> Where one lung is just insufficient garbage, don't ever watch this, to 10 being you absolutely need to do this right now, what are you even waiting for? How how many lungs would you give this experience? <laughs> ben, I think we just found the serial killer tie-in. <laughs> 
Uh, but nailed like, it. But how many lungs would you give this? <laughs> like how many how many dead lungs would you pull out of your victims for this experience? Yep. Found it. All right. I found perfect. it. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um I think I'd give it like five. It was fine. Like, I wasn't mad that I spent two hours of my life watching this, but like, I'm not going to be like telling people like, you got to go, you got to go see this right now. I was just like, yeah, that was weird and interesting. Uh, And I got to listen to an album I liked twice and, you know, see how it synced up with a movie that is nostalgic for me. But like, eh, it wasn't like, it didn't work that well. So like my mind was not blown. I got down. I was like, huh, that was weird. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. (laughs) I will probably give it about three lungs. Um, And I don't know if that is just me like six episodes in being like, fuck, I have to do this again. Well, you have a more discerning like palette (laughs) for this now, right? Like you've you've done this a few times. So I, you know. Of of all the things I could have a discerning palette about, I'm glad (laughs) this is the one. So... Yeah, um, I'm, I'd say about three. Um, it definitely earned points for the tornado scene, which I thought was really great. Um, yeah, it was good. Because it's always great. And, ju- you know, listening to one of my favorite albums, and like I said, Cosmic Love both times was just like filling me with good emotions, even though nothing was really syncing up particularly with it. And it, it had its moments, but mostly I was like in a in an album that literally is singing about hearts, minds, courage, lions, storms. There was so much opportunity. It was all missed. It was all missed. So, you know, there, there was so much opportunity and just squandered. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to say about a three on that. Okay. I respect that. Sorry. I picked a shitty album. (laughs) (laughs) No, you picked one of the best albums. It just didn't sync up to the wizard of Oz. Fair. It's really it's Florence and the Machine's fault for not writing this better to to yeah to sync uh, up the like of Oz. if yeah. you if you are an artist and you are writing an album like that should be like <laughs> on your list of priorities like is the music good does it speak to people does it sync up to the Wizard of Oz like it should be like a thing you consider as you structure your albums right uh, exactly and, sh- and sh- shame on them for not doing that frankly really like uh, get (laughs) with the program come on come on Florence Welch get with it but yeah no it was it wasn't that you picked a bad album it was I mean (laughs) I was looking very forward to this just because I fucking love this album like with all my heart so but you know they're just better ones to sync up to the Wizard of Oz yeah uh, apparently so who knew yeah I mean, <laughs> that's what this whole project is aiming for, right? Just right. making sure people know what the best one. Although now I do have to ask if you've got like intentions on figuring out a better album to do it with, because sort of the the other thing that's been happening is inevitably somebody's like, I wonder which one is the best one to do it. Like, I, I'm certain that uh, one of the the guests I had for They Might Be Giants has tried it with like three other they might be giants albums because they were really (laughs) into this idea oh i haven't thought about that here's the thing i tend to not listen to full albums i tend to not even listen to like artists in their entirety i tend to kind of like pick and choose songs i like like, i like this song i like this song so a lot of what i listen to is like a few songs from an artist here a few there 
like Florence and the Machine is one of the only artists that I like will buy albums from. I wonder about her other albums, how those might sync up. That might be interesting. Uh, I kind of wonder about a Fallout Boy album, to be honest, huh. what that might look like. Mainly because the tone of Fallout Boy is so different. I wonder what yeah. that would look like. Um. Uh, also, I grew up, I was just the right age for Fallout Boy when they were big, and I've been vindicated because they've continued to put out new stuff, and it's still good, <laughs> and I still like it. I'm like, no, no, this is still good. I didn't have trash taste as like a 16-year-old. Uh, they're just good. <laughs> so that's a thing. So I'm kind of interested in that. I listen to like a lot of like folksy singer-songwritery stuff, though which is not super dynamic and I don't think would lend itself well to this sort of project. Um, Like I love Ingrid Michaelson, but I can't imagine a single one of her albums that would mesh well with this, (laughs) which is why I didn't, or like the weepies. I love the weepies. They're like, actually, hmm, I wonder how their most recent album sirens would sync up. It's a short album too. It's only like 30 minutes long. So oh, you get yeah, yeah, that's a lot of repeats. It's a lot of repeats. So I wonder how hmm. that would sync up because I really like that album, but they're so like folksy and stuff that I feel like it might be weird. I don't know. I didn't think about this, but now I am. <laughs> See, it's it's really my goal to just at the end of the day, like <laughs> plant that seed into everybody's mind where they're just like, "What is the best one to listen to?" Yeah. So okay. what is it? Are you gonna like at the end of the season like pick a best one? Is that like your your plan? Um, well, I mean, I'm grading everyone, so okay. you know, by the end, I will have a, I'll have ten episodes that are all graded, and you know, so one will be uh, the best just on that scheme alone. But yeah, I don't really know what I'm gonna do when all this is over. Uh, <laughs> I keep sort of talking about maybe a season two, and I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I've got that in me. <laughs> that's a lot of watching The Wizard of Oz, my dude. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. Um. I think that's uh, about all I had to say uh, yeah. about this. So uh, we hit the high notes. We hit a few tangents. Mm-hmm. You know, like we got the Golden State Killer in there, uh, <laughs> which is obviously a high priority for the two of us right now. Yeah, My, Mike. <laughs> literally, when I was talking how, about how I was going to do this episode today, I literally recorded the last episode yesterday. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "So when you record with Elizabeth." <laughs> How much is it going to just be you talking about the Golden State Killer? You were like, probably like at least 30%. <laughs> yeah. By the time this gets released, um, you know, it's it's maybe going to be older news. We are recording this one on May 14th. It's still very, uh, May 13th? May yeah, 13th. 13th. And it is still very fresh. We're just both obsessed and so he was he was like it's literally just gonna be like an hour of you guys talking about the golden state killer so it's fine um, yeah. it's, on, it's on brand <laughs> <laughs> it's on brand whatever um so yeah uh so thanks for for coming on the podcast um yeah. if if people want to find out more about you and your podcast and what that's all about uh where can they find that yeah, so uh, my podcast is called Your Fave is Problematic. As you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we're on pretty much all major podcatchers. So wherever you get podcasts, we are. Just search for Your Fave is Problematic and we'll pop right up. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at podcastyfip. And we are on Facebook. Uh, if you just search Your Fave is Problematic podcast, our Facebook page and our Facebook group come up. The group is like super rad. That's where everyone's like talking about 
social justice shit and problematic phase and that kind of stuff. And it's a really, it's like a really nice group too. Cause there's like a little community that's been built up in there where sometimes people will just be like, my husband's being really shitty about this issue. And I literally can't talk to him about it. I just need to <laughs> vent and people will just be like, and everyone will like support each other. It's really sweet. And it makes me, I like, almost cry about that community at least once a week. Cause it's really weird to like have a community build up around a thing you made. Uh, right. and it's, it's, it's super rad. And if like you are at all interested in like social justice issues and like representation in media and that kind of stuff, I like highly encourage you to join that group. Cause we have a lot of fun over there. Also, sometimes I just shit post and I just post things <laughs> like white men are canceled and that's it. And everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, solidarity sister. So, you know, it just, it, it we run the gamut, but you can get us on Facebook. If you want to find me, I am on Twitter at the loveliest Liz. So you can at me there, follow me. I post nonsense uh, and also <laughs> tweet at you a lot, Ben, frankly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> I like, mean, I tweet a lot. So, you know, there's a lot to be tweeted at. I still don't really understand Twitter. Um <laughs> So that's a thing. But if you want to see me try to understand Twitter, I did post yesterday about how I'm at peak basic white girl status right now. And my Netflix queue is just <laughs> Law and Order SVU and Grey's Anatomy. So, yep, you know, it. that's a thing. <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll embrace my basic white girlness. It's cool. So, uh, yeah, that's where people can find me. Awesome. Yeah. I have to say it's really surreal, like being on this podcast and you giving that spiel that you sort of give at the end of every episode of your fave is problematic because like you know again like i said at the top i'm i'm a big fan of of your podcast and uh it's it's very good and i recommend people go listen to it but yeah it's a little weird being like oh no this is the 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 thing that she says at the end of like every episode of that but it's my podcast how weird is that so (laughs) that's very sweet thank you (laughs) that's very sweet Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. uh, uh, I'm glad that it was uh, not a a total waste of time for you. No, this was so fun. I enjoyed it. (laughs) And um, yeah, I think that will do it for us this week. So until next time, I will see you on the other side of the rainbow. This has been Any Album You Like. I'm your host, Ben Mooney. If you would like to contact me about this or any other episode of the podcast, you can email me at anyalbumyoulike at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at anyalbum. If you liked this episode, consider leaving a review for it on iTunes. If you'd like to support me further, you can also buy me a coffee. The link for that is in the episode notes, or you can go directly to ko-fi.com slash benmooney. That's B-E-N-M-O-O-N-E-Y. 